The Honey Trap, a Felix Stone mystery. Starring David Alt as Felix and Andrea Richardson as Joni. With Sharon P. Grunwald, Ivan Wilkinson, Kieran Rees, and Andrew Biss. Episode 1. Six hours had passed since I crept onto the sofa. I'd been awake for five of them. A man lay snoring next to me. What was his name? Was it Jim or Jack or Jeffrey? Started with a J, I knew that much. Where had I got him from? Was it the Apollonia or the birdcage? Or had I picked him up off the street? Joni walked in, punctual as ever, come to open up the office. I should have jumped up and rushed towards her, detained her for a few minutes with stories of my wild, debauched night, given Jay the chance to get dressed and make himself decent. But I was still groggy from last night and I couldn't be asked. Good morning, you two. Oh, oh my God! Oh. Felix! You might have warned me. Warned you about what? Oh, I can't look. This is so embarrassing. This is an office, Felix, not a bedroom. I'm sorry, this is uh, Joni, my secretary, and this is um, Jim, I think. Or Geoffrey, sorry, I forgot your name. I know it starts with a J. My name is Michael. <laughs> uh, Michael, of course. Uh, don't worry about Joni, she's seen it all before and she won't say anything, will you, Joni? <sighs> no, I won't say anything. But you really are disgraceful, Felix. You could at least have locked the door. You'd better get dressed, both of you. We're opening in 20 minutes. In the meantime, I'll go and make you two some coffee. So, what did you think of him? Don't ask me that, Felix. He barely had three sips of his coffee before he rushed out. He couldn't get away fast enough. Such a shame. Quite liked him. Well, who could blame him? You really are quite a degenerate, Felix. Don't know why I'm friends with you. You're friends with me because I'm a degenerate. It's him I feel sorry for. Poor chap. He didn't stop blushing from the moment I walked in. Are you going to help me pull these sheets off the sofa? I'm your secretary, not your housekeeper. Why on earth did you bring him back to the office? I couldn't bring him back to my own flat, could I? The neighbours would have seen me. For heaven's sake, Felix, at least fold the sheets before you shove them in the cupboard. Don't criticise. You're my secretary, not my mother. Oh, what was that? The doorbell? There's a woman standing outside. You don't think she's for us, do you? Must be. By the way she's dressed, she clearly doesn't belong in Spitalfields. My goodness, a client. Haven't had one of those in ages. You'd better finish getting dressed. I'll go downstairs and let her in. I suppose you must have heard these kinds of stories a million times before. Mrs Celia Skinner wore a dark blue cashmere twinset. Her cardigan was left unbuttoned, displaying a pearl necklace, and she kept fidgeting with it as she spoke. Her light brown hair was tightly permed, and the little pearls in her ears were just the right size to give her face a little sparkle. But she wasn't sparkling now. She kept looking down, unable or unwilling to meet my eyes. It's about my husband. He's having an affair and I want a divorce. I need you to provide me with proof. Who is your husband? Mr. Raymond Skinner. He works for the Admiralty. Oh, no, no, no. No need to look impressed. He's just a lowly civil servant. He's 
been in the same post for five years. He's been passed over for promotion a thousand times. My father warned me about him. I should never have married him. Why do you think your husband is having an affair? What else would he be doing when he doesn't come home at night? There are numerous things he could be doing. He's having an affair, Mr Stone. I know he is. He... He hasn't touched me in years. Where do you live? Wimbledon. We live in Wimbledon. There was something not right about this dame. She acted suitably nervous and uncomfortable talking to me, and so she should be. After all, the dirty streets of Spitalfields were far removed from the lush green suburbs of Wimbledon. But all the fidgeting with her necklace aside, there was something about her eyes that suggested the opposite of unease. She seemed strangely confident. Why did you come to me, Mrs Skinner? What do you mean? You're a private detective, aren't you? This is what you do, isn't it? Chase after cheating husbands and try to catch them at it. But why did you come to me? Where did you get my details from? The telephone directory. I'm not in the telephone directory. Well, what does it matter? I'll pay whatever you ask. I just want proof so that I can correct the terrible mistake I made in marrying that man six years ago. What I'm trying to get to the bottom of, Mrs Skinner, is why an elegant and well-spoken lady like yourself would travel all the way to Spitalfields to speak to a private detective when there must be dozens of detectives closer to your home. Especially when money appears not to be an issue. You were recommended to me. Recommended? By whom? By my maid, if you must know. She saw the sign outside your building. I came here precisely because it is out of the way. I wouldn't want to be bumping into a nosy acquaintance prying into my personal life. But what I'd like to know is, will you help me? It'll cost you £200. Fine. 250 to cover expenses. Fine. 300 if I employ any of my associates. <sighs> Very well. I'll pay whatever you ask, Mr Stone but only if you provide proof in the form of photographs. In that case, I'll need another £50 in advance to buy new camera equipment. You have no camera? <laughs> the last one got smashed by an angry husband. Oh, fine. But the photographs must be clear and irrefutable. You must catch him in the act, if you know what I mean. I don't want anything that he can explain away. I do know what you mean, Mrs Skinner. You can trust me. I'll get you that divorce. It was ten past five in the afternoon. The usual grey sky and drizzle hung over the city. I leaned against a building across the road from the Admiralty. I checked my reflection in the windows of passing cars. I wore a brand new suit and bowler hat which I bought with the fifty pounds Mrs Skinner had handed me. The story about the smashed camera had of course been a lie. I must admit, I looked rather dapper. All that was missing was a camel hair coat which I planned to buy next. The first of the civil servants came out of the gate. They all looked the same, grey men with grey coats wearing bowler hats and carrying umbrellas. Raymond Skinner was amongst them. It didn't take long to recognise him. He looked just like the photograph his wife had given me. Average height, slender build, clean-shaven, pale demeanour and a hunched posture suggesting weariness and defeat. Skinner turned left as he came out of the gate. I followed him down St. Martin Street, past Leicester Square and into Soho. 
my great surprise, he stopped at the bull and cart and looked worriedly around him before stepping in. Well, well, well. So that's how it stands. Looks like Mrs. Skinner is going to get more than she bargained for. Hello, Felix. Hello, Wynn. Give me a Tom Collins, will you? Bit early for you, ain't it? None of your friends are here yet. Nah, there isn't much of anybody around. Although I do see we have a new guy. He's not new. He's been coming here for the last few weeks. How come I've never seen him? Well, he usually leaves at eight. On his own? Yeah, always on his own. There you go. Here's your drink. That didn't surprise me. The boys in this pub were callous like me. They didn't talk to anyone unless they were pretty or rich. And Skinner was neither. Hello, everyone. Lenny had arrived. That meant it was half past six. He stood in the doorway, surveying the clientele, looking for someone to scrounge a drink from. He clocked Skinner, but even Lenny wasn't interested in him. Boy, I had my work cut out with this one. There'd be no pay without photos, Mrs Skinner said. If I had to wait for Skinner to make the first move, I'd have to say goodbye to my camel hair coat. Hey, Lenny, let me get you a drink. A drink? You walk by me a drink? Why not? Gee, thanks, Felix. That's very kind of you. Another Tom Collins for Lenny. You buy Lenny a drink? What are you up to? Just do as you're told. How are you doing, Lenny, old pal? How's life going for you? Oh, you know, the usual. Found a job yet? A job? We all have to work, Lenny. How else are you going to make your own money? You can't keep on living off the charity of others. I'm doing all right so far. You're doing all right because you're young and people feel sorry for you. But that won't last forever. I can see your hair is starting to recede. No, it ain't. There are little inlets around your temples. Here. Won't be long till you look like Bing Crosby without his wig. Once you've lost that youthful charm, Lenny, no one will want to help you. You'll be a nobody. You'll be like that man over there. You'll never be like that man. Why are you saying all this thing? I'm just telling you how it is, Lenny. Life is cruel. You've got to learn to fend for yourself sooner or later. There you go. Here's your drink. Actually, Lenny, I think I might have a job for you. A job? For me? What is it? It concerns that very same man. His wife offered me £50 if I photograph him being amorous with someone else. Really? Why? I'm a private detective, Lenny. That's what I do. And I could give you £10 if you help me. £10? What do I have to do? Do you think you can bring yourself to have sex with that man? With that man? Gee, Felix, I don't know. All right. I'll give you £20. And free drinks for the rest of the night. Hmm? Uh, what's he drinking? Scotch and soda. Why? Get him a drink, will you? My, my, you are generous today. You sure you've got enough to pay for all these drinks you're ordering? Just do as you're told. Oh, and tell him it's from Lenny. <laughs> Whatever you say. I left them on their own and watched from the other side of the bar. Lenny could talk the hind legs off a donkey, especially when he was drunk, so I made damn sure he was. Skinner didn't talk much. I guess a man like that can't have much to say. But he sure enjoyed Lenny's company kept staring at him like a lovelorn puppy. At around ten o'clock, when they were barely able to walk, they left the bar and headed for Lenny's flat in Hoburn. It was a long walk, but they needed sobering up. I didn't want them passing out before the act had been completed. This is it. Here? You live here? Yeah. This is your house? Don't be daft. I'll rent a room here. That one. On the ground floor. Come in. I'll make us a cuppa. Won't somebody see us? What if they do? They don't know what we're going to be up to, do they? Come on, they'll be all right. As instructed, 
Lenny left a small gap in the curtains for me to photograph them through. And boy, did I get my shot. Mrs. Skinner wanted something clear and irrefutable, and there was nothing clearer and more irrefutable than the look on Skinner's face while the act was being committed. His face was flushed and sweaty, his clothes practically torn off his body, his eyes rolled up in pleasure. These photographs would not only guarantee a divorce, if Mrs. Skinner chose to press charges, she could even get her husband to spend the next 11 years in prison. Have you got the pictures? Well, good morning to you, Mrs. Skinner. Never mind all that. Have you got the pictures? Have you got the money? Pictures first. I need to know that you have the money before I show you the pictures. While she rummaged in her handbag for her checkbook, I noticed a letter. It looked like a utility bill and was addressed to Mrs. Celia Skinner, 138 Utree Avenue, Highgate. How much was it again? £400, and I want cash. You said 350 The price has gone up. Why? Turns out there's more to your husband's affair than meets the eye. What do you mean? Do you have the cash or not? I have £350, as that's what we agreed on. I can owe you the rest. Show me. There. Are you happy now? Do you think you can show me the pictures now? I am, and I can. I'll show you the pictures, but I should warn you it's not a pretty sight. Just get on with it. What's this? That's your husband. Who is that other person with him? That is the man he's been having an affair with. Oh, that is not a man. I think you'll find he is. What are you suggesting? I'm not suggesting anything. Are you suggesting that my husband is a homosexual? I'm not suggesting anything, Mrs Skinner. I let the pictures do the speaking. My husband is not a homosexual. He is the son of an Anglican priest. That picture is a fake. Where is the man's head? I cut the man's head out of the picture. There's no need for you to know who he is. I am not paying for those pictures. They are not what I asked for. Then I won't give them to you. (laughs) This is... This is so humiliating. Here, take my handkerchief. Don't worry, it's clean. Thank you. I should never have married him. My father warned me not to marry outside my faith. We're Catholics. This would never have happened if I had married a Catholic. You'll have to burn the pictures. No one must see what I've seen. You can burn them yourself if you pay for them. There. There. There's your money. What about the other £50 you owe me? I'll come back with it another day. How can I be sure? I think you can trust me, Mr Stone. I don't trust anyone. Well, what do you want me to do? Are those real pearls on your ears? My pearls? Are you serious? You want my pearls? Don't you think I've been humiliated enough? Hey, lady, I've got a business to run here. Have the blessed pearls. You... Hard-hearted swine! Thank you. Here are your pictures. I hope I never see you again. It was a pleasure doing business with you. I saw the headline in a newspaper stand on my way to work. Man shot dead in Hoban. 
What a coincidence, I thought. I'd just been to Hoban. I didn't think any more about it until I arrived at the office and was met by one of Joni's wry smiles. Where's my croissant? What are you doing here? I thought I'd come in early, as we finally have a case to work on. The door was open. I assumed you'd gone to get some breakfast, so where's my croissant? What do you mean the door was open? I mean it was open. It wasn't locked. Someone has been messing with this lock. We've been burgled. Burgled? Are you sure? What's there to steal? The drawers are still locked. How strange. Why on earth... Oh, no. Where are you going? To the bathroom. What for? Oh, no. What is it? That man who was shot in Hoban last night. Do you have a newspaper? Um, I do. Here you are. The picture was blurry. I couldn't see the victim's face because he was lying face down on the ground, but I recognised the flannel sports jacket, the corduroy trousers. I felt the blood rush out of my head. I had to sit down before I fainted. What is it? Has something been stolen? Someone has stolen the contents of that bin. The bin? What was in it? Clippings. Clippings? Photo clippings of Lenny. I cut his face off the pictures before giving them to Mrs Skinner and threw the clippings in the bin. She wanted to know who her husband was having an affair with, but I wouldn't tell her. Well, she knows now. Are you all right, Felix? You've gone pale. I was trembling. I felt dizzy and faint. Some people might argue that I was feeling guilty about Lenny's death, because I had coerced him into sleeping with Skinner, that Lenny died because of me. But they'd be wrong. Lenny meant nothing to me. He was a layabout, an embarrassment, a joke. He was never going to amount to much. It was hypotension I was suffering from. A shortage of blood to the brain. Brandy. What? I need a shot of brandy. In my desk, top right drawer. Here you go. Are you going to tell me what's going on? She shot him. Uh, Who shot who? Lenny, the man in the paper. He was shot last night by Mrs Skinner. That elegant lady with the cut glass accent. Don't be daft, Felix. Why would she murder that man in Holborn? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Where are you going? I'm going to pay Mrs Skinner a visit. You're going to Wimbledon? She doesn't live in Wimbledon. In this episode of The Honey Trap, the parts were played as follows. Felix Stone, David Alt. Joni and Wynne, Andrea Richardson. Michael and Skinner, Ivan Wilkinson, Mrs. Skinner, Sharon P. Grunwald, Lenny, Kieran Rees. The Honey Trap was written by Olivier Bossman.